Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go. Welcome in. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the guy who is still trying to get his NBA League pass to work, David Walker. Still on hold, but have been exchanging emails for the better part of the last eight hours, so I'm feeling confident. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I, it's, I don't... it's really every year we do this back and forth. This little seductive dance with NBA, whatever your NBA.com account is, which is there any other purpose for having that other than to link your NBA League Pass account with your cable provider account? I, I can't figure it out, but it's it's really a joy. Just every year, just the reminder how far how far this service is behind basically everything else. We've been doing we've been doing this for a while, this NBA League Pass, several years now, and it doesn't seem like the experience is getting much better. And I feel like, David, it's kind of baking in some negativity about the service by now. You know, I mean, people expect, and part of, there's this whole big conversation around the NBA preseason that we have every year about the amount of of coverage that the NBA, uh, you know, has or the local affiliates have on, on the season. But I think, you know, people who watch spring training and they watch the NFL preseason, Right or wrong, they have expectations that the NBA preseason will be will will be covered in the same way. And when those expectations are not met, again, whether it's fair or not, they're going to blame the NBA. And if they pay two hundred dollars or whatever for NBA League Pass, they're going to blame League Pass, even though it's not League Pass's fault. So there's a lot right. there's a lot right. going on here with with this whole thing. I want to rant about it a little later, but I, I, we got to get to this recap of the first preseason game of the season for the Charlotte Hornets first. But but trust me, we're going to come back to this, David. Don't let me forget that we've got to come back to this because I've got even oh. more to rant about. I was and you heard us last show. We weren't going to rant about this. We we because we saw that the Hornets were getting covered on NBA TV, and and we were we were not going to rant. But last night, trying to access any kind of coverage for this Mavericks game just brought <laughs> up, period. yeah, just brought up all kinds of feelings, uh, and maybe we just can't avoid that rant. Okay, big show ahead. We're not just going to rant. We're going to recap this uh, Hornets Mavericks game. Read some of your comments that you've left on atthehive.com and do a little box score boogie. One of our favorite uh, segments here on the show. 
We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Panthers fans, head to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. NBA fans, make sure to check out Locked On NBA with host David Locke. If you have a question for us, a comment, something you saw or heard from the radio broadcast on this Hornets-Mavericks game, make sure you send that to us, buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com is the email. Okay, David, as I said, we have actual basketball to talk about for the first time in months. Let's dig into it. The Hornets in action last night in Dallas for their first preseason game. The Hornets were without the services of Kimba Walker or Cody Zeller. No Dirk Nowitzki for the Mavericks. Charlotte jumped out of the gate and looked good, leading the Mavericks 26-23 heading into the second period. But it was basically all Mavericks the rest of the way. The Hornets dropped this one 95 to 88. Here was head coach Steve Clifford after the game. I thought the uh, the first eight minutes, uh, you know, the big thing we've been working on is just ball movement, and I thought the ball moved freely, and uh, we played good offense. And after that, really, we were, you know, it's just not how we have to play. I thought the ball's sticking, and uh, we didn't put enough pressure on the defense consistently, and. Um, you know, we didn't get the quality of shots, but again, I mean, it's six days and, uh, you know, so there's things. And then obviously, you know, we, we've done a lot more offense, obviously, than we have defense. So the defense, we got to get more detailed here with this next week. So some things that Steve Clifford likes, some things that he didn't like, but setting the expectations, it's only been six days since, they, since they've all been back together to get this thing figured out. Nick Batum, one of the shining stars from last night, finished the game with nine points, four rebounds in 23 minutes of action, including two beautiful three-pointers. He looked great, but was disappointed with the final result after the game. We didn't play the way we probably played. You no, know, we have no rhythm. No, they, they play better than us. They outwork us the last three quarters. So that was our first game. You know, we got to learn from it. There's no urgency. You know, just our first preseason game. We gonna learn from all the mistakes we made tonight. So it's good to hear the guys are are thinking about the future, and they're obviously disappointed with the final result as competitors, but they, they want to get things figured out. David, but before we get into some of our analysis, we want to celebrate the fact that we have an actual box score to look over. Let's start things off with a segment we like to call Box Score Boogie. <laughs> Okay, box score boogie. The game is simple, David. We have a few numbers that you and I have picked out from the box score that we'll toss to one another and try to guess uh, what that box score number is. David, you have the honors, my friend. All right, Doug. The first number is 18. 18. 18. Um, is that the number of times that you attempted to log in to NBA League Pass last night? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> much higher, much higher than that. No, no, no. Uh, how about this? 18%. 18%. Oh, uh, that would be the three-point percentage for the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, that's that not, is correct. That's dog. not very good. And, and they made their bones no. last season on three-pointers. Exactly. And we'll get into this a little more and break down the game, but the net Maverick shot closer to 40%, 40%. So that was not, uh, that was not good. Okay. Here's something that was good though. 39, 39, 39, 39 free throw attempts. That is correct. See, we're good. We're already yeah. this. We're already, we've been waiting so long that we studied this box score back and forth. 
39 free throw attempts for the Charlotte Hornets. They had their heads down, and they were looking to get to the rim, including uh, Ramon Sessions and Roy Hibbert, who had 10 free throw attempts and knocked down eight of them. The big man, if you didn't know, can shoot free throws. Okay, got one more for me, David? Got one more for you. Uh, I won't do the percentage on this, but I would just say zero for eight. Zero for eight. I, I'm, I'm blanking. I don't z- zero for I, I, zero for said, eight. Um, wait, hold on. Zero for eight. No, I don't know. Said a little bit on this one. That would be the combined three point shooting of Marvin Williams and Frank Kaminsky. The combined three point shooting. Okay, so you're looking for three point shooting from your stretch fours didn't <laughs> materialize, and and both players really trying to rebound off of tough uh, that tough series against Miami in the playoffs. So. Uh, 0 yeah. for 8 as well, Ramon Sessions. That was his field goal percentage. So if uh, you're, you're going either way on that one, your concerns, a lot of 0 for 8s, uh, your concerns about the point guard position, um, uh, the backup point guard position materializing at least on this first night. And again, we want to caveat everything with uh, it's, it's the first game of the uh, preseason. Yes, exactly. Uh, one more. Okay, two fouls. Two fouls. This is a tough one. I gave you a tough one for my yeah. final one. Two fouls. This is actually the number of technical fouls assessed to players no. in a pre in the first preseason game. Yes, Hibbert, uh, Roy Hibbert for the Hornets, Quincy AC for the Mavericks, getting uh, double technicals called in the third quarter. Roy Hibbert uh, shoving Quincy AC. AC having some words. Uh, very very mild, uh, but double technicals getting assessed uh, to both players. So uh, a little, uh, you know, a little fireworks there for the first preseason game. Why not? That's box score boogie, folks. We'll, we'll definitely bring that back. Love to do a little box score boogie. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about this thing. So how, what, what, what were some things that you liked, some things that you didn't like, David, from this first preseason affair? Well, you mentioned the free throws. I mean, that looks like what really kept him in it because the three-point percentage or uh, the three-point disparity between the two teams was was killer. So, I mean, that was good to see that they were trying to get to the rim, like you said, getting their head down a little bit and making some stuff happen. Yeah, and, and head coach Steve Clifford said that this game was an extension of training camp, so you kind of expected sloppy play, especially on the defensive end uh, because I think he said it in that bite that they haven't worked on a lot of defensive stuff. And we've mentioned in our camp previews that they scrimmage a lot in the early part of camp. And, and even Clifford said that th- that doing that, not doing the, the drills and, and getting down into the nitty-gritty of, of what they do offensively and defensively, you know, not doing that and doing scrimmages instead helps with conditioning. It helps with bringing everyone together. But the result is that at least early on in the preseason, they're going to be playing from behind in terms of organized basketball. You know, these these keywords that we always hear from Clifford, playing with purpose, those kind of things have to be developed through getting down into the nitty-gritty of what they do offensively and defensively. And so you, you, you're sort of waiting for those things to develop. Can't really judge those things now. you got to love Nick Batum there. Again, uh, three yeah. of six from the field, two of three from beyond the arc. And just, David, the, the way he was hitting shots. I mean, just beautiful. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how he can get open, was hitting the turnaround jumper, was popping off of screens, 
doing the things, burying the shots that we saw over and over. Very tough shots, tough shots for most players, shots that don't normally go in for most players. Nick Batum is a star and 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 it's an asset. And and he showed, I think, last night why he was well worth well worth the money. Yeah, you tell me, Doug, because the only clips I saw were basically <laughs> uh, via Twitter. So they're basically GIFs. I saw GIFs. Oh, um, yeah. But he looked ready, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he looked he looked ready to go, uh, you know, I don't want to say midseason form, but, I mean, he, he looked ready to play and in the flow of things from the beginning. So, I mean, that's something you like to see. That's kind of been his his way of playing. Though. I mean, he's, he's always somebody that's ready, that's experienced, a pro's pro. Like we've said, he's been playing professional basketball forever. So it's good to see him come out, especially, you know, we, we were like, don't put too much stock in the Olympics, but you still want to see, <laughs> you still want to see some good play from him right off the bat, especially you're right. You know, got the big contract. He's a focal point of the team. So that's good to see that he was ready to go from the get go. I think. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, everyone stayed healthy. I think that's another thing that you love, you know, with no, no devastating injury. And, and that's, and I don't, say that as a throwaway because Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Ramon Sessions were throwing their bodies at the rim. Everyone was giving, you know, a hundred percent effort. It didn't look as organized as NBA basketball normally does and it it, it won't in the preseason. But everyone was was hustling and, and Roy Hibbert was getting on the ground for loose balls. I mean, you know, everyone yeah. was was giving full effort, full contact. So everyone escapes this uh, game injury free for the most part. And MKG, I mentioned him, 24 minutes of play, three of eight from the field, did not had one three point attempt and almost had another one kind of hesitated a little bit with Dwight Powell on him. He's a lengthy defender, probably didn't want to get that shot blocked. Uh, five rebounds, finished the game with eight points and a steal. So Michael Kidd Gilchrist, he did a lot of the old MKG things extremely well. Uh, defense, you know, we're talking offensive rebounding at a put back, and then he was getting into transition so quick and uh, working the pick and roll as the ball handler a few times, getting to the mm. rim with ease. And uh, he's just, if he can stay healthy, he's such a dynamic offensive and defensive force for this team. Some of the new things, the three-point shooting, didn't get a chance to see that in this first preseason game. If you're a Hornets fan, you hope that develops. But, you know, simply we just, we didn't see it in that first game. Hey, Doug, so Marco Bellinelli, zero three-point attempts. Uh, Were you surprised by that? You know, I just don't think it didn't. I mean, I watched the game and there there just wasn't an opportunity for him or, he, mm-hmm. you know, he's a catch and shoot guy. You know, he's not he's not like Nick Batum. He's not going to, you know, come down and, and come around a screen and pull up for a three point shot. He's he needs right. to get it in the flow of the offense. I think you're going to see that as the offense gets more organized. But you did get a chance to see Marco uh, getting to the rim. Uh, and and cutting and moving off the ball and some of the things that Clifford talked about as reasons that he really likes Marco is he does have a few folds to his game and so you saw some of that but yeah definitely as the offense gets more organized you have to expect Marco Bellinelli to get more more looks at the three-point shot Um, one more thing that I liked uh, Andrew Andrews this was going to be one of my box score boogie uh, his minutes 17 minutes for Andrew Andrews. So he got a bulk of the, you know, you group these guys as the training camp crew, Andrew Andrews, yep. or I think someone on at the hive called them the swarm squad. 
uh, because of the Greensboro Swarm, the D-League. That's a good That's a good nickname. Andrew Andrews, Aaron Harrison, Christian Wood, Rashid Suleiman all getting run. But Andrew Andrews was the guy that got 17 minutes uh, uh, compared to, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes for the rest of the guys. Ended up scoring 10 points, got to the line a few times, five of six from the line, two of two from the field. And and he just he looked good. He looked comfortable out there. He's he's super quick on offense. Um, didn't get to see a lot of the shooting that made him famous uh, in college, but he's a, he's a he's not tall, but he's he's got that muscular frame. I mean, he's strong. He can get to the rim pretty easy, and uh, you know he's he's very athletic. Uh, Andrew Andrews, a lot to like there. Steve Clifford mentioned him without prompt as one of the guys that he really liked coming out of that first preseason game. So. You know, if you're an Not basketball, if, right? Yeah, if you're an Andrew Andrews guy, you got to be happy with that first first game. Well, look, I mean, as much as we've talked about the backup point guard position, right? I mean, there's certainly if somebody can make a statement and prove themselves to be worthy of minutes, and someone Clifford can trust most of all. I mean, who knows? Uh, you could see him getting. You know, I don't know. Who knows? He could see some time in Charlotte. Oh, absolutely. And and again, you compare him to Aaron Harrison, who sort of ha- had a rough summer league, but had this roster spot to begin with. Uh, I think he's definitely in danger of losing that spot if Andrew Andrews continues uh, to play very well. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I really liked what I saw because it's it's just it's not um, it's not usual to see a player like that so comfortable. I'm telling you, he yeah. gives me. I said this before, but I'll say it again. He gives me David Wesleyan type of feelings. Well, look, Andrew Andrews, first of all, I, I hope he, he does spend some time in Charlotte. I hope we can talk about him. There's no other name that's more enjoyable and fun to say. But it's he's easy. 23 years old, Doug. He's a rookie, and he's 23 years old. He's two years older than Aaron Harrison. You know, He's played a lot of basketball, and we heard what Clifford said on media day, right. About these guys with experience that have been leaders on their team. He mentioned Frank Kaminsky, but that's just definitely something they like to see. I mean, gosh knows Perry Ellis is on the roster. You know, he's got experience. So that's something they definitely look for. Yeah. He played in 128 games at Washington, 98 of those starts, uh, 34 games in his senior year and averaged 20.9 points, 5.7 rebounds, 4.9 assists and 1.4 steals. Uh, those were all career high, so he had his best year, uh, and he was named to the 2016 All Pac-12 First Team in that senior year. So, you know, he was um, uh, not a guy that was, you know, he's just one of these guys. I think because of his size, you know, people sort of discount some of the numbers that he put up in the Pac-12, and and don't, uh, I guess, for one reason or another, didn't feel like he would translate to the NBA. But you know, he's a guy that he played. 33, almost 34 minutes uh, a game in his senior year in college. So he has a lot of experience. So that sort of explains, I think, why he was so comfortable. A couple of guys that didn't do too well, one on each team. I'll give you a couple of uh, Carolina guys, David. Uh, Marvin Williams, 4 of 10 from the field. Got it going a little later into the game. But, you know, he's coming off a tough series uh, from in that Miami series. He didn't have a great one, and so he didn't really come out uh, with a, a a lot of a plum, but uh, and uh, Harrison Barnes, another one on the other side, one of ten from the field. David, I mean, if, yeah. if a guy ever needed you know a rebound, it's Harrison Barnes after that final series in Cleveland. But uh, you know, he one of ten from the field, three points. One of ten from the field. Mavericks, Mavericks need him to shoot. 
Mavericks need him yeah. to shoot well if uh, if they've yep. got any chance of competing in the Western Conference. So anyway, but it, you know, again, you can't take too much from that first preseason game uh, other than um, it's clear that everyone is still kind of getting into a groove. The one thing that worries me, I think, from the game in general is is the three-point shooting. Again, four of 22 from mm-hmm. the field for the Hornets, 18%. They're going to need to shoot the ball better than that. Oh, one more thing. I have to mention this. The Hornets were very – they had a concerted effort to get the ball inside to Roy Hibbert, who is, uh, again, fighting with uh, Cody Zeller, competing with Cody Zeller for that starting center position – and and the Hornets made an effort to get that ball inside to Roy Hibbert. What did you think about that? I think that's surprising a little bit to everyone, especially given the way they played from the three-point line last year. But look, they tried to do the same thing with Al, right? I mean, not the same players, but uh, Hibbert's certainly a big presence in there. And I mean, like we said, he got to the line 10 times, made eight of those. So um, it feels like, I don't know, I, I didn't see the game. And Quiver mentioned they had good ball movement coming out and then that kind of stopped so how much of that was early on I mean it had to be certainly more than just the first eight minutes did you see anything that changed after that or was that something that they started out doing and faded on or what yeah he got a lot of looks and and had more attempts in the box score would uh would uh show you one of three but he, he again he got to the free throw line a lot so they they were chopping him but you know here's the thing the Hornets they want to work inside out and so I think it tells you something that uh, that that he got so many attempts because I, I think they still want a presence inside that's going to draw attention and help create space for, yeah. especially for a guy like MKG, who is still learning to shoot three-pointers. He's going to need a lot of space if he's going to get those three-pointers off. It's not like he's not Nick Batum, he's not Kimball Walker, he can't create space with with his dribble and then turn that into a shot uh so you know you need a guy like Roy Hibbert if you can get him going early and get his confidence up in the preseason and then you come out into the season can feed him the ball get him a couple of looks inside early you're going just because he is such a big presence inside you've got to try to move him out of the paint even if he doesn't get an attempt you have to move him out of the paint to keep him from being an offensive rebound threat so I just I think it signals to me it signals uh, that the Hornets still want a presence inside that's going to draw extra attention. Roy Hibbert has the ability to do that. I don't know if Cody Zeller does. So take from that what you will. So the Hornets have a lot to improve on, David, after this game. But if there's reason to hope, I found it in something that Roy Hibbert said after the game. Take a listen to this. One thing I'll say about this, about this organization, this staff is they're meticulous with their with their scout and uh, very precise with everything. So I like that. So um, it's it's uh, it's really nice to to know that the coaches are putting in everything. Not to say that other coaches don't, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, this 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 organization really puts a lot into this. David, not to say that other coaches don't, but he is coming from Los yeah. Angeles. He did play for Byron Scott who is kind of against math <laughs> and down on numbers, right? A little down on numbers, still waiting to see if this numbers things catches on. Uh, so, but you love that. You love to hear that, that he, again, he and other players seem to like to play. For, this is blows my mind that a player would like to play for a coach 
who is meticulous about studying tape and about showing players how they can be better at basketball. Weird. That makes a lot of sense. And that is good to hear, Doug. I mean, that's we go back to this all the time about the culture they're establishing, right, with Clifford and, and the base and the expectations that he set. So it's good to hear from someone who's just coming in and they see that instantly because you see the comparison, like you said, between other places he may have been to what's going on here. So no matter what happens around the team, wins, losses, you know, if they can keep that consistent um, and that stays the foundation for everything they're trying to do, it gives you a much better chance to be successful, I think. All right, David, I didn't forget. Let's talk about some of the issues that we had last night listening to or viewing the game. First of all, I want to say what, you know what this is all rooted in? The preseason being far too long. And and so I think it makes it impossible for some of the local outlets to cover some of these games because there are, first of all, there are financial issues with, I mean, it takes money, it takes resources to cover these games. There are contracts that have to be negotiated between the talent, between the, uh, the uh, broadcaster and the organization, and, and those sure. contracts all have a number of games assigned to them. And when you're talking about seven or eight extra games to cover, that's that's going to be tough, especially, again, for some of the uh, different uh, local outlets. And, and, and it's cost-benefit, right? I mean, if they don't think a lot of people will watch, then it doesn't benefit them necessarily to pour the resources in. So the preseason is too long, number one. Um, but, but number two, I think that the NBA should subsidize the preseason and get these games covered. Because, again, I said this at the top of the show, you're baking in negativity going into the season. Because people expect these games, they want to be excited about the beginning of the NBA season. And, and, you know, the people expect preseason games to be on. And when they aren't, it just, to me, it looks amateur. Yeah, everything is on these days. There's nothing that's not on. If there's a game that's being played, no matter what level, it's typically on TV, right? That, I mean, at least that's the expectation now, especially with NFL preseason. And the fact that these games are being broadcast. I mean, the Hornets game, there was a TV crew. It was not for the Hornets, but there was broadcasting of this game happening last night. I think that's the biggest thing that ticks a lot of people off. It's like, it's out there. I know it exists. I just can't get to it. Yeah. And uh, unless, unless, I, unless I go through some other channels that we may or may not mention, um, that may or may not infect your computer. But, I mean, it's out there. It's like the upside-down world. You know it's there. You can sometimes hear it, but you just can't get to it. Well, and, and here's the thing. So, look, I, I subscribe to cable. I subscribe to Spotify. I subscribe mm-hmm. to Netflix, and I pay money mm-hmm. for all of those services because mm-hmm. it makes it easy for me to obtain the content that I want to watch, be it music, movies, or television. And if... The thing is, if if the basketball that I want to watch is not easily accessible, and I'm speaking in the sort of royal sense, but I'm also speaking for myself personally, I will find it and I will watch it. <laughs> if you give me it. a legal, easy way, I will pay for it. But here's the thing. Right. I will not pay for League Pass anymore. I, I paid for it for several years, and, and League Pass is... Uh, it's broken. It's broken. And, and the support is, is awful. 
And, and and I just I will not. It's too. It costs too much to to deal with the headache of getting it activated, uh, of of it actually being up and ready when the season begins or when the preseason begins. And then if there is an issue, the support is is beyond. I've been an AT and T customer. I've been a Direct TV or no Direct TV was all right. I've been a I've been a cable customer for several major cable outlets. Nothing compares to the putridity of the NBA League Pass support. It's infuriating. I'm almost there with you. Ironically, of course, I got my letter in the mail uh, this week, right, saying, hey, guess what? NBA season's coming up. League Pass season's about to start. Just know that you're going to see this charge on your bill. I'm like, oh, great. That's fine. I am in agreement with you. I will give you this money for this service. Then last night, look, I, again, it's a preseason. I know there's the expectations are low. But there's one League Pass channel available on my guy. There's nothing playing on it. And yet, I know this game is out there. I know it's being played. Uh, and so that's the frustrating part, I think. And like you said, it's just dealing with it, getting it access, getting the mobile version access, right? Like, if you're a subscriber, then you got to jump through hoops to connect two or three different accounts. And then when you get your password in, they don't connect. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta get this right, NBA. I mean, honestly, this is a this is your core. I feel like this is the core audience, right, Doug? I mean, if you're getting that league pass, you're a hardcore NBA fan. Extend training camp, shorten the preseason to four or five games, and if you're the NBA, subsidize the production of every single game. Get every single game on NBA TV somehow. Just do it. Because people want to be excited about the beginning of the NBA season. And again, it may be a low number, but it's a low number every single year that bakes in negativity about the league. It's, it's absurd. It, it, and if the NBA ever wants to overtake the NFL, it, it, it can't be running behind. It, it runs so far forward on social issues and yet can't, and can't get, the, get these like, technology, the get technology issues right. Right, is, politically, is, socially, like forward thinking. We'll try this out this, with rules. We'll try to make things better. But I, I swear, Adam Adam Silver was outside my building last night trying to cut my internet and 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 take away the last option I had to enjoy this game because I have a bone to pick with some of the 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 local outlet that that carried the game. And, you know the the you know, I, I tried to listen on the Hornets app, and if you oh. if you if you leave the app, the audio cuts out. If you um, if the phone goes to sleep or the mobile device that you're using on the Hornets app goes to sleep, the the audio cuts out. If you went to the website of the radio station to listen, the the it wasn't the game audio. It was some national show. It's just like, can can we just? I just want to watch. I just I want I want to watch legally. I want to watch locally. Just let me please let me watch. I know people out there felt the same way. There were a lot of comments on at the hive uh, and a lot of people trying to help other people out uh, to find access to the game. So right. uh, thanks yep. to the commenters. Thank you. Yes. And, and send us a link. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we want to read some of these comments about the actual game. It's a segment we like to call forum. I hardly know them. Please listen carefully. First one coming from Adam Kawa. So I know it's only preseason, and maybe he's just trying harder than everyone else, but MKG is pretty good at basketball. Yeah, we noticed it too, Adam. He definitely played very well in that game against Dallas. Again, doing a lot of the old MKG things that we've 
that we're we're used to seeing for stretches and and he was just doing them all he picked right back up where he left off i mean it, it's like he he never left the court uh doc sports next up uh session's gonna have to shoot at least 34 to 35 percent from deep if we are going to be successful this year he's got to hold his own in our new open system or we are really going to miss lynn hoping we get good marco this year too yeah sessions definitely he has a lot to look at in that game has a lot to improve on because he did not shoot the ball very well got to the rim and that's something we we know sessions can do but i agree with with doc sports here i don't know if he's going to get to 34 or 35 percent i don't know if he's ever been there from beyond the arc but he definitely has to improve and finally, on the uh, article from At The Hive, Monday Morning Mailbag, the Monday Morning Mailbag question was, what player in Charlotte history represents the biggest what if? What injured Hornet, past or present, would you most want to see have a mulligan on their professional career? Nuzens said, I'll go ahead and say MKG from last year. Second choice would be Adam Morrison. He was already struggling to adjust <laughs> to NBA life, but that leg injury that wiped out his sophomore season was the final nail. And then Okrakoma saying Larry Johnson signed a huge deal and then injured his back. Never was quite the same powerhouse player after that. So those are the two uh, answers to the Monday morning mailbag question. Make sure to head over to atthehive.com. Comment, give your answer. I know that uh, Jack Bedrosian, he wants those uh, he wants those answers because he's going to use them in the next mailbag okay thanks for listening to locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network we went a little over that's how excited we are for the return of basketball usually these shows are a little shorter follow us on twitter at locked on hornets subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there give us a five-star review it helps hardcore hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast shoot us your hornets questions your thoughts to buzz buzz at locked we're back again tomorrow for more analysis of this game and get you ready for the celtics on thursday in greensboro for david i'm doug go hornets go america let's swarm charlotte so what if i like to stay up late and watch tv don't play